God gave you 100,000 watts of power, but it's up to you to put them to work. This is the John Adams Radio Show. Coming to you live from high atop the EMR Tower in beautiful downtown Decatur, Georgia, center of the known universe. Thence, 23,300 miles directly into outer space this week, affiliates SATCOM 5. Thence rebroadcast all across the fluted plain to our vast EMR radio network. This week, 331 stations plus. The island of Guam. Speaking directly into the golden EMR microphone, this is Excellence in Money Radio. And we are glad to have you along on this special edition of the Real Estate Coffee Break. I remain unbossed and unbought, speaking truth to power, and committed to truth, justice, and the American way of making money. And uh, Happy New Year to everyone. This is your intrepid host, John Adams. You will not see me today because um, I have a cold. Lest your heart be troubled, uh, don't worry, I do not have uh, COVID. I am uh, double vaxxed and boosted. And I actually feel pretty good. I just think I have a cold. I've got a sore throat. Don't feel that bad. Um, but I am sort of froggy today. And so, um, <clears throat> excuse me for clearing my throat and sounding like a frog. I said earlier, this is excellence in money radio. Today is more like persistence in money radio. So I've got some great um, interviews lined up for us for today. I'm going to listen to them with you. Um, I know that you've got other plans because this is New Year's Day. And uh, so let's just talk together for a few minutes. And then I'm going to bring you John Schaub, um, um, John Heyer, Tyler Jones, Carrie Cook, if we have time, we may even get to Peter Burke, Scott Murphy. We've just got so many great segments that we've done over the last year that, that I wanted to remind us of um, that I feel pretty good about it. So I am delighted to have you along. We have a reduced audience size, but that doesn't bother me. Uh, so we will just forge ahead. How about that? Special thank you to our sponsors today. 
Uh, here's your quote for New Year's Day. You ready? Today is the first blank page of a 365-page book. Write a good one. Isn't that pretty good? Marjorie, your microphone's open. You need to close your mic. Um, I just think that's that's a good quote. And you should just think about that. Somebody was talking about New Year's resolutions, and I've abandoned the whole idea of resolutions. But somebody who didn't know the difference was talking about having a New Year's revolution. I think that's a good idea. I think we should have a New Year's revolution, each of us individually, where we revolt against the old self Margie, we've got a microphone open somewhere. Hopefully, that'll stop. Anyway, um, we'll have a revolution from our old selves to our new selves. How about that? Uh, we're also brought to you today by Home Meteorite Shield. And look, there's an actual photograph. Marjorie. Yes. Got it. I don't know where that opened my eye. That solved it. Here is an actual photograph of a meteorite striking. It looks to me like it's striking the west coast of Africa which if it has to strike somewhere, I would rather it strike like Antarctica, where there is nobody except the researchers or whatever. But anyway, we don't want a meteorite to strike the planet because it would be bad. So for only $14.95 a month, folks, um, I recommend that you uh, consider that. And, uh, you know, there's, this is an actual news article Risks are increasing due to this global warming thing or global cooling or man-made climate change. Um, that's why we need the Green New Deal. But you, in the meantime, can get Home Meteorite Shield for only $14.95 a month. And that way, I, the insurance won't help you, but you'll feel better in the meantime. And it's only $14.95 a month, and it's for a good cause, okay? Also brought to you today by Peter Burke, our gold sponsor, Reliant Mortgage Solutions. Now you have a friend in the mortgage business. Does that sound familiar? Uh, pick up the phone, start the conversation, call Peter Burke at this number. And the reason I say that is if you wait until you need a mortgage, you don't get the full benefit of Peter's experience as a um, non-practicing certified public accountant, um, his experience as a mortgage loan officer, both for private uh, individual lenders as well as for some of the largest lenders in America. He really does bring a unique level of experience to the table. 
And so if I were you, even if I didn't need a mortgage, I'd go ahead and call Peter. By the way, I know Peter's available today. So if you want to call him at 678-557-9759, I know he'd be happy to wish you a happy new year, but start the conversation. I also need to let you know, several people have asked, John, you mentioned a real estate marketers cruise. Yes, I did. And it's coming up a year from now. Now, why am I mentioning it now? Because we have a limited number of cabins or staterooms, as they are called, available. And it's already half sold out. We're going to be going to St. Martin. We're going to be going to, by the way, St. Martin is pretty cool. Um, if you've never been on a cruise, you really owe it to yourself. And it's a year from now. And you put up 500 bucks to hold the cabin and hold the price. And that is fully refundable until this coming September. Remember, today is January 1st, 2022. Well, we're not going until January 2023. So we're a full year out. But if you don't reserve a cabin now, guess what? There won't be any available. I guarantee it. We're going to be leaving for Miami in January of 23. And you'll be joining like-minded real estate professionals, entrepreneurs, marketers, and we'll be having seven days, eight nights. I think it's six days and seven nights. Anyway, whatever it is, uh, fun food. We will have lots of mastermind events and cruising. And also there will be private training events for our group only that are led by me and Marjorie. And I'll be talking about real estate investing and Marjorie will be talking about um, um, tax savings and how to structure your business and what the various benefits and advantages and pros and cons are. And 70% um, of the time, you're not going to be in class. So this is really a fun cruise. You'll meet people that will become your personal friends for the remainder of your lifetime. And we do this every year, and we'd like to invite you to be part of it. There's only a limited number of cabins available. So if you have an interest, go to www. It's called expocruise.com. EXPO Cruise. And it says there that we'll get back to you when we have information. Guess what? We have information right now. So if you want to know what cabins are available, what the investment is, what we're going to be doing, go to expocruise.com. And all you have to do is fill in your name and phone number and email. Remember, we're a year away 
And if you do decide to reserve a cabin, your reservation fee is fully refundable. And if you don't do this, I can't help you. I mean, it's you, gonna fill up. oh, it's going to fill up. Margie, hop on. Okay. I'm trying to get Margie. We just got back from one. And this is a lot of fun. And if you have been on a cruise, you Here. know... There's Margie. The um, the cruise fills up pretty quickly, uh, way ahead of time. So I'm thinking I I don't I don't know for sure how booked it is right now, with things sort of in flux with COVID. But if you're interested, I'd encourage you to go ahead and make a reservation. When when did we last go on the marketers cruise? Uh, in November. Of this of last year of yeah. 2021. Yes. Because today that is 2022. Postponed from January of 2021. Right. 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 So this will be a year and four weeks from today. We're all gonna fly down to Miami, get on is it the the Carnival Liberty or the Freedom? I don't know. We'll find out. But anyway, if you think you have an interest, go to this um, URL. Go to Expo Believe Cruise. me, the ship and the destinations are almost irrelevant. Oh, yeah. It, the most important part is what you will learn from like-minded people. And the connections and relationships. Yeah, yeah. And the phone. So, yeah, this is fabulous. I mean, if you guys don't even look into it, you're crazy. So anyway, by the way, the food's pretty good too. Margie, did you like the food? Oh, yeah. Oh, the food's wonderful. And we buy the drink package. Now, that's entirely up to the individual. That's just so we don't feel guilty buying a drink. Yeah, I don't want to feel guilty buying a drink. So I'm worried I just, about how much it costs. I think we'd save money by not buying the drink package, but probably doesn't make any difference. Anyway, right, you're talking too much. This I'm talking too much. All right, here we go. Thank you, Margie. Goodbye. Um, we all know what Warren Buffett says: if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you'll work until you die. I know I sound like I'm about to die, but I'm not. I actually feel pretty good. And I believe that you can retire comfortably on as few as 10 rental units. And here's the buy and hold strategy. So this is a good time for us to go ahead and talk with our very special friend, John Schaub. So just watch and listen. And we are back with a very special guest here on the Real Estate Coffee Break. This morning, John Schaub is with me. John is the author of Building Wealth, One House at a Time, which is a, a required textbook as far as I'm concerned. If you're thinking about getting into this business, uh, John has been an investor. He's a lender. He has owned lots of different kinds of real estate and decided that uh, residential single-family homes probably made the most sense for him and uh, is based out of Sarasota, Florida. How are things today in Sarasota, John? 
it's a lovely day in Sarasota. It's, it's uh, you know, and we're we're a fairly small town, and uh, so it's a great place to live. I live two minutes from my house, two minutes from my church, two minutes from where I go shopping, two minutes from the kids' schools. Everything's two minutes, so that's that's a that's a wonderful thing. Uh, to be able well, to... and it's sort of like being here in Atlanta. I'm two yeah. hours from church, two hours from shopping. <laughs> two, everything's two hours. So we we have a lot of traffic problems up here. You but do. Um, you do. Uh, I, I don't know if there's anything that can be done about it. John, you in your newsletter um, in January gave us eight specific areas that we should keep an eye on in 2021. Last time we were together, we talked about interest rates and we got some really good feedback on that. And I want to bring to the attention of our viewers and listeners, the second point, talking about the best time to buy. And of course, we've all heard the best time to buy was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Well, that's not helpful advice. What about buying today? When is the right time? Well, I think the best time to buy because of the interest rates is today for, for almost everybody. Uh, I'm looking. Uh, I'd be happy to buy even at a, a price that's close to retail because interest rates are low enough and the payments would be low enough where I'd have positive cash flow. So if you can take cash out of the bank and invest it in real estate and have better cash flow than you get in the bank, plus have the opportunity for appreciation down the road, you know, if it's the right right property, uh, I, I think today's a great time to buy. But I encourage people to be very, very focused when they buy. And, uh, you know, if you, just don't, if you just call a realtor and say, I, I need to find a good deal, they're going to try to sell you everything they have listed. They don't care what, what you think is a good deal. So you need to be the one in charge here of what you buy and how you buy it. So when I teach, I teach people to be very specific about what they buy and start by uh, taking a map of uh, your town and drawing circles and circle neighborhoods where you want to buy and for a reason, you know, maybe because the schools are good and it's close to work and, you know, the common sense reasons. And then you get in that neighborhood and you walk around and you start looking for the right house. And that's a, that's a house that's the right size that'll attract a long-term tenant. And that's a different topic, but if I, if I, I won't buy a house that I wouldn't move into myself. If I wouldn't feel safe there, I won't I won't buy the house. So if I can walk up and down that street, talk to neighbors and I feel really comfortable, that that's a neighborhood for me. Now we all we all uh, are, are comfortable in different neighborhoods and that's fine, you know. But you have to do to, to think about you're going to own this house for a long time and you're going to rent it to people who will fit in this neighborhood too. So they're going to look like everybody else in this neighborhood. And if you're not comfortable talking to folks in that neighborhood, it's not the right place for you to buy. So the, the right time to buy is when you find a house in the neighborhood where you want to, to buy and it's for sale and you make them an offer. And you won't know if it's a, a really good deal until you get some response to that offer. So making the offer is the next step and in, in, uh, finding out whether or not this is the right house for you to buy. And uh, of course, before you make an offer, you have to do certain things, right? You have to, to know what properties are worth. You have to know what it'll rent for. You have to know something about construction and design. So there, there's a lot to this business. <clears throat> and uh, the people to spend a little time learning before they go out and buy a bunch of property makes them make a lot more money than the people that just go out and buy something because it's for sale. So to answer your question, it's a good time to buy today, but be focused, buy something you wanna own for a while uh, and, and not something you think you're going to sell for a profit one year. Buy something you're committed to keep for, for a long time. John, one of the things that has been frustrating to me 
is the number of people that uh, suffer from what I call the paralysis of analysis. And they are so focused on analyzing the property that by the time they have gotten to the point where they've convinced themselves it's a good deal, it's gone. Um, And guess what? For them, there's never the best time to buy because they never buy anything because they're so busy analyzing it. How do you get someone to the point where they're ready to pull the trigger? Is that confidence? Is it education? Is it low interest rates or a combination of all these? No, it's preparation. It's preparation. Knowing what you want from this deal before you, before you find it. You know, if I want a house in a certain neighborhood and I want the ratio of improvements to land to be a certain amount, and I want the age to be a certain amount and the condition of the house to be this way, and I know all this going in, when I find that house, I know it's the house. I don't have to think about it anymore. I, I can move on to the next thought, which, okay, is financing. Will these people carry the financing for me? Can I borrow the money from somebody else at a low interest rate? Will it have cash flow? Can I afford the cash flow? Can I afford the down payment? And, and if you have all that, you know, if you thought through all of that before you find the house you want, once you see the house, you make the offer. When I pull up in front of a house that's for sale and I know it's the right house, I'm ready to make an offer right now. And I do. I've bought a lot of houses by doing just that, you know. So it's a fairly short process. And I know what kind of offer I'm going to make. So, yeah, it, 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 you know, by being prepared, knowing which house, knowing what kind of offer I'm going to make that's good for me. If they say no, I don't buy the house. If they say yes, I buy the house. It's so not that complicated. So I'm hearing that having a repeatable process here is one of the keys to knowing when the best time to buy is. Uh, And people need to avail themselves of the knowledge of how to implement that repeatable process. And that's what your book is about, right? That's that's exactly what my book is about. (laughs) So read the book. (laughs) Good. Well, I have, but I go back and read it again. Uh, You've got an event coming up on April 24th, John Schaub, and it's being hosted by you and our friend Peter Fortunato. Um, Would this be an event that somebody would learn that, the the steps necessary to, to implement that repeatable process? Well, I would encourage people to read the book. And, and that sounds self-serving, but I really would encourage you to read the book if you're new to this business before you before you listen to us on this class. But this class will, will lay out a plan for the coming year or two. That's what it's all about, is look, looking into how things are changing, how to react to the changes that, were, that are likely to happen, how to make offers, how to manage tenants, how, how to do things in this changing environment that we live in today. So, it, but be, be somewhat prepared before you come. If you come to this class cold turkey and you've never bought a house and you know nothing about real estate, it won't be as meaningful to you as if you do some preparation. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I strongly recommend the book. As you know, my uh, beautiful wife, Marjorie, and I have uh, visited with you in Sarasota. We came to your weekend event um, many years ago, and it set me on a path that has served me well, and I thank you for it. The information about the April 24th event is on the screen right now, folks. I'm going to be there, and I look forward to seeing you there. John Schaub, thank you for or uh, spending time with us today and, and being a friend of the Real Estate Coffee Break. I look forward to seeing you again real soon, okay? Thanks, John. Good. Thank you, sir.
And we are back with a very special guest here on the... And we are back with a very special guest. Okay, we are back. It's the frog, John Adams, croaking his way through the New Year's Day. And our very special guest is Peter Burke. Happy New Year, Peter. Happy New Year, John, Margie, and everyone else out. Okay, we are back. It's the frog, John Adams, croaking his way through the New Year's Day. And our very special guest is Peter Burke. Happy New Year, Peter. Happy New Year, John, Margie, and everyone else out there. Welcome to 2022. 2022, a year. You know, I am often reminded of the Roman god Janus, for whom January was named, which was often, he was often pictured as a coin on a coin. He was often pictured as having two faces, one looking forward and one looking back. And I'm going to ask you to talk to us a little bit about real estate and mortgage rates. And I want you to look back a little bit at 2021. And then I'd like you to look forward a little bit uh, to 2022. Before we do that, though, I do want to remind everyone that they can reach you um, on New Year's Day, if they need to, at 678-557-9759, or they can just text you, and you'll give them a ring back. So I say pick up the phone and start the conversation. But here's my question. What do you think is going to happen with interest rates and prices and so forth? I know you keep a, a finger on that. What do you see out there? Any areas of concern? Well, I think we've already had a taste of it the last uh, few months where we've seen a, a clear increase in interest rates, quarter of a point maybe is uh, the way to look at it, uh, maybe three eighths. Um, and I don't see anything on the short term horizon that says that will stop. Um, where it ends, I don't know. Uh, I think I saw someone say three and three quarters is is uh, expected by the end of the year. And quite possibly that's right. That would be probably another half point, five eighths to get there. Um, and that's uh, entirely possible. Peter, I have a terrible time um, crying what are admittedly crocodile tears for the people who are going to get a rate of three and three quarter. Because when I started in real estate, I was selling new homes in Gwinnett County at 17 and three quarter percent fixed rate mortgage. Actually, they were. They, they were negative AM mortgages, which is even worse. And we did a brisk business at 17 and three quarter percent. Is, is three and three quarter or four percent? That's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, John, I've seen them in the last 10 years as five, six percent. So, 
to say we're at three and three quarters uh, sounds like a relative bargain. Now, I have read that a lot of people who were thinking about refinancing have decided, well, uh, now that rates are slightly up, just a spec, they're not going to bother with it. Is that smart? Well, I think you have to look at what you've got. And that is um, the one person or type category that um, needs to stop and think are those that have arms where this year you may actually see your rate decline the way some arms are constructed and fall into a false sense of security, believe it or not. And speaking from someone who has an arm on a property, I'm going to see the rate go down, but it's going to catch back up in the following year. Um, that's the one category. If you've got an arm, read your um, your arm adjustment notice and or the letters you've been getting, or call me up and we'll calculate what it'll be together. That's one component. The other one are the folks that have home equity lines of credit. Right that are tied uh, to prime or some other index it's obvious those are going up their adjustable rates they adjust as the rate increases and wow. um, if you've got a substantial amount out on your line of credit and you don't foresee paying it down um, you need to take a breather and and look at your whole situation of your first mortgage and second mortgage and does it make sense to combine the two into another fixed rate loan all right well and i saw in the wall street journal um something i wanted to ask you about because frankly and as you know, I think I know everything, but this was something I did not know about. And I said, because Peter knows everything, he will know. There was some big deal about LIBOR and the person writing the article acted like this was the most important um, mortgage change in the history of the world. And yeah. I, I know that LIBOR is the London Interbank Exchange or uh, offering rate. I don't know what that means or why that's important and what happened. Why do we care? You know, I believe it was determined that um, it wasn't um, a bona fide rate that could be reliably relied on. So there was a need to switch to a new index. Um, it's It's been a few years since that topic came up. But um, it's kind of gone um, by the wayside. I don't want to say that there was artificial manipulation with it, but I kind of got the impression there was artificial manipulation with that rate for the benefit of those um, who controlled it or monitored it or established it. I, I don't know. Well, I, it, I, my guess is, or at least it sounds like, we now have an increased level of transparency. And to that extent, I think that's a good thing. So, um, and what about Peter, people that have debt that they would like to consolidate or debt that is adjustable in nature? Somebody's got a, a car loan that's tied to something 
a prime interest rate or somebody's got um, credit card debt that they've been carrying and hoping to pay it off, but they haven't gotten around to. Should these people pick up the phone and call you? Yeah, you know, I'm still of the nature uh, of the opinion taking unsecured debt and securing it is a bitter pill to swallow, uh, such as credit card debt. Um, but if it's um, if there's no alternative to it, at least look at the options of um, rolling it into your mortgage. Um, again, some will say it's unsecured and uh, you're now making it secured debt. I agree, but I, I, I think you just have to take a serious look at it and determine what's it gonna take to get out from under it. But, well, but, but I will go back to the home equity line of credit issue could be something that um, could adversely affect us. I don't know to the extreme of what lines of credit are out there, but those are ones where you're seeing the increase today. And if you're only making an interest only payment, it's gonna go up. Yeah, yeah. And that's something we'd like to avoid if possible. Well, I am just going to encourage everybody, um, based on this projection that we may see rates going up a half a percent, maybe, I mean, who knows, maybe as much as three quarter. I'm not looking for a big jump in interest rates in 2022. Are you? Uh I don't think um, it's going to be out of the ordinary. I, I, I don't foresee a, a substantial jump. I, if it did, it would choke the economy. And uh, I, I don't think the administration is prepared to, to deal with that. Well, I'll, I, if, if they decide to deal with it, I'm, I'm going to move to the Bahamas or something. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> see what happens. Peter, happy new year to you, a prosperous one as well. And I would just encourage all of our friends watching and listening right now to pick up the phone and start the conversation. If you have debt or are considering debt in any form related to real estate, call Peter Burke, 678 557 97 59. Happy New Year, Peter. Happy New Year, everyone. John, Margie, talk to you next week. Okay, we All right, I want to remind everybody, by the way, Happy New Year. This is John again. Um, this is a replay of a very interesting discussion we had about a year ago with attorney John Heyer, and it's H-Y-R-E. Now, um, Dykes Bodiford introduced me to John Heyer, and John is a very interesting person. but. He is a attorney who has focused his practice on real estate investors who don't want to pay more than their fair share of taxes. And he has some very interesting ideas that he is going to share with us in this videotape. So keep watching while you are sipping eggnog or whatever it is you do 
on New Year's Day. And we are back. John Adams here on the Real Estate Coffee Break with our very special guest, John Heyer, who is an attorney, he's an accountant, and he is a master at helping us so arrange our affairs as to not pay a single penny more than the law demands. I, uh, John, welcome to the program. We're delighted to have you here. Obviously, you heard uh, my incorporation of the famous quote from Judge Learned Hand, which I have on the wall here. That's that's number one on the, I mean, if, if your tax person doesn't live that quote, you got the wrong tax person. Well, that's one of the reasons Margie and I have sought you out, um, because I think you have the right attitude. You know, I don't mind paying my fair share. I just don't want to pay more than my fair share. I, I think we all, you know, we want the, the country to do well. We Certainly these are difficult times, but uh, nonetheless, we shouldn't have to pay more than the, the minimum that the law demands. And you've got a conference coming up. Um, uh, it's Saturday now, you're gonna be in Atlanta on the 27th and, yeah, and, tw and 28th. Uh, tell us a little about that conference. What's going on? How can people find out more about it? All right. Uh, to find out more, I would go to taxreductionclass.com. It's one of three classes on there right now that we're presenting, taxreductionclass.com. This one focuses heavily on an area that I highly specialize in, self-directed IRAs, self-directed 401ks, self-directed defined benefit plans that you can contribute three, four $400,000 a year to while taking a deduction. Um, of course, HSAs, Coverdales. I have actually, unlike most people, been the tax court on self-directed IRA issues. So I've been up close and personal with the IRS on these issues. I have a pretty good sense of what they go after. I have been to the tax court building in DC. Get how old fashioned and archaic they are. When you see a decision on a case, the one that you just read what the judge said, that's the tippy tippy pointy end of the spear. The whole rest of the thing you're not seeing for a typical case is about a shopping cart full of depositions, cross-examination, and here's what I really like, opposing counsel briefs. I wanna see what the IRS lawyers who litigate IRAs, I wanna see all the arguments they're making that never show up in the case. But the only way to get that, because the tax court is still a little behind, so to get that, you have to go to this tiny room in Washington, D.C. that has two old-fashioned computer monitors, and they wheel out the shopping cart full of paper, uh, and you go through it. And sometimes stuff's missing. I had one. It was a checkbook LLC case, and somebody must have been embarrassed because the operating agreement for the checkbook LLC was missing. And given the result in that case, I can see why someone didn't want it being seen, but still it's kind of like, that's some guts, you know, to walk in a place like that. I mean, it's like Sandy Berger, the old Clinton guy, you know, <laughs> stuffing federal records down his trousers. <laughs> We're gonna cover prohibited transactions in great detail. Um, a lot of people think they understand them. Let me give you an example. If I shake your hand, I can blow up your IRA. It's like, so I can give you COVID at the same time. Um, <laughs> But if I shake your hand and you and I make a deal, let's say we make a deal where I, I put out content 
and you produce the content and we split the profits half and half and because we're gentlemen of an older school yep we shake hands and our words good that's right well that's an entity under tax law it's a partnership okay a partnership on 50 percent or more by a disqualified person is disqualified so let's think about my ira i'm disqualified as to my ira right our handshake entity is now disqualified because 50 percent owned by a disqualified person right and you're disqualified because one of the rules is anyone who owns 10 percent or more of a disqualified entity is disqualified right so my shaking hands with you yeah. on a jv 50 50 yeah, disqualifies you and if my ira makes a loan to you i'd love my coffee please that's Boom. the end yeah so you know, i think i think there's a wide misunderstanding of disqualified persons and disqualified entities and this is so important because um marge and i have a solo 401k that has really done some remarkable things but we've had to be very careful to not um uh, violate that disqualified person rule um what are the just in a nutshell if you make a mistake do a handshake and and accidentally loan some money to a disqualified person what what are the consequences if if the irs wants to know about it all right if they catch it 401ks are superior and i'm going to spend some time talking about that at the conference and we're going to get into checkbook llc's oh, ubit what we've seen in audits the whole nine yards but one of the first messages i'll make I, and it's not an either or decision. I think you should have a 401k and an IRA. I would just put my money in the 401k first because it's a better plan. One of the reasons it's a better plan, if I have a million dollar IRA and I lend my mother a dollar, which is obviously a prohibited transaction. Sure. That's going to cost me somewhere between four and $600,000. And sure. whatever, whatever's that's, left yeah. comes out and is no longer tax sheltered. Now in the 401k, here's the penalty though. So that's an IRA. Yeah. 401k, the penalty is 15 cents a year until we correct the prohibited transaction and get that dollar back from mom. Now that's a bit of a difference. Sure it is. Sure. So one of the reasons wow. we like 401ks is they're more forgiving. And a lot of people think they don't qualify for their own 401k. Let me give you an example. And you tell me when I ramble too much because I'm a lawyer no, and it's no, what we're, we do. We're good. We're good. I had two clients over in California pulling five, $600,000 each, they're married on a W-2, that had, oh, I don't know, there's several million in a traditional IRA. And they wanted the safety of a 401k. And I said, well, you gotta have a small business. And they're like, well, we don't, we don't have time for a small business. We work crazy hours to earn those massive W-2s. Sure. And I said, sure you have time. Let me ask you a question. You got a bunch of junk in the garage you could sell on eBay? And the husband said no, and the wife said yes. And then the husband looks at her and goes, yes. <laughs> and I said, all right, if you sell, let's just make an arbitrary number. If you sell 2000 bucks a year worth of that junk on eBay, that is a Schedule C trader business. Don't take any deductions. I want it to show two grand of income. So even if you think you got deductions like car mileage or whatever, don't, don't take them. Yeah. I want two grand, no entity. Let's not even bother with an LLC. Just report it on your Schedule C, and I want you to sell roughly, not, you know, a, a round number looks dumb. So it's got to be roughly two grand, like $2,138.42 or whatever. Exactly. Um, a year of stuff, 
and track it so you can prove it. You know, here it is where I sold it on Craigslist or eBay or whatever. Here's the deposit into the bank account. That is enough to fund a 401k. In their case, a solo K. Now you're not funding it by a lot. How much can they put in it per year? You know, a grand each. Yeah. But what does it allow them to do? Roll their traditional IRAs into the 401k and operate in a much safer, more flexible environment. Very interesting. Listen, we have, we're coming up on a hard break here, but um, folks can go to taxreductionclass.com and you've got three events and there's another one coming up in Atlanta soon. In uh, when, March or April? March 20th and 21st, Saturday and Sunday, the 20th and 21st, all about entities. And it's not a Nevada sales fest. And we're going to talk about why the people out of Nevada and Utah are evil when it comes to asset protection and taxes and why you should not listen to them and what some better alternatives are. We're also going to get into maintaining the entities and some exotic entities, as well as we'll give out a few operating agreement samples for you to use. Uh, and last but not least, you know, we were just laughing that I got semi-canceled on Facebook this Tuesday and we're recording it. We're going to sell the recordings, but we're doing, well, on Facebook, I can't call it this, the Biden tax increases. I was calling it the, <laughs> the Biden pregame and what they're looking to do and what's going to be retroactive and what not and what do we think is going to pass and what do we think won't and most of all, what to do about it. Real quick question, what, what do you think is going to happen with 1031s? I think they're going to stay. They've been talking for decades, and it's the same kind of people. Now, granted, these people are further to the left and more nuts, which I'm not allowed to say on Facebook or they'll no. cancel my advertisements. And they did, by the way. It's just no joke. Um, some wokester reported me, and they canceled it, so we have to rephrase it. I think Biden that's a, John, I, I, I would consider that a badge of honor. A recommendation? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think they'll stay. With the caveat, these people are further left and more nuts than anybody before. So who knows? But they've been talking about getting rid of 1031 since Roosevelt's time. Yeah. And it hasn't happened. Well, we appreciate Mr. Starker <laughs> and everything he's done for us. Um, I want people to go to taxreductionclass.com. We look forward to the events you've got coming up, whether it's the new tax plan, what to expect, what's happening, or whether it's about these very powerful retirement entities that so many people ignore that really can make a huge difference in our retirement. And that's sort of what we're looking at. And I, I admit I've been in this a long time. We've been very fortunate, but I'm wanting to sort of transition from toilets, tenants, and tools and start moving a little bit toward uh, maybe uh, uh, moving to Puerto Rico. How about that? Come on down. The tax breaks are wonderful. The weather is very nice. All right. Well, I sure look forward to seeing you in Atlanta next week. Um, and, and is that going to be streamed? It's we not. are recording it. We're streaming it and it's live. All right. Fantastic. So. Fantastic. And we can find out all about that at tax reduction class com. John Heyer, accountant and attorney, a, a, a double threat <laughs> right here on the Coffee Break. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. I hope you found that uh, helpful. The, um, the whole topic of uh, um, 
using retirement dollars to invest in real estate is one that you we really need to spend more time on. Uh, and that would be a good, remember I said, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions, but I do believe in New Year revolutions. So if you're going to have a New Year's revolution, uh, it should be in the area of making sure you uh, start a 401k and all you need is $2,000 of Schedule C income. And that's something I promise we will be talking more about here on the John Adams radio show during 2022. And I may call Dykes Bonneford and see if he would agree to be a guest on the program again. He has always been so generous with his time, and I do appreciate it. Now, we are going to talk with my friend, Tyler Jones, um, because do you remember that colonial pipeline business? That was a little bit scary, where some bad actors, what, why do we call them bad actors? Why don't we just say they're criminals? Anyway, somebody broke into the computers of Colonial Pipeline and shut down the, um, uh, I don't know if it was natural gas or petroleum or whatever it was, but it threw the whole country into a tizzy. And um, I asked Tyler Jones to talk with us about ransomware. Tyler is so knowledgeable and he makes it understandable, at least to adult like me. And I hope you enjoy this short segment with Tyler Jones of Carmichael Consulting. By the way, if you're a small business or even a medium-sized business and have computer issues, please pay attention. If you're a real estate professional, please pay attention because uh, you are involved in this issue, which is ransomware. And I know you think nobody is interested in uh, stealing your data, but I think you should think again. Watch this. Our very special guest today is Tyler Jones of Carmichael Consulting. Hello, Tyler. How are you, sir? Hey, John. Great to see you. Well, listen, last week, you talked about uh, document retention and how that can be implemented on a digital basis. I sort of got lost at a couple of points there, but I did get some great safety information. The question that has come up this week is one I know you've heard before because it has been in the news. What is ransomware? How does it happen? And what can we do? I mean, I realize I'm not a colonial pipeline, okay? I'm not a, a multi-international billion-dollar organization, um, but are ransomware, are these people interested in small business in some cases? And tell us what we need to know, please. Yeah, they absolutely are, John. And that's one of the things that we talk about with customers and prospects all the time. There was a time when a lot of these things were really targeting larger organizations, but this is now a multi-billion dollar a year business. And wow. the bad guys aren't doing this to be mean. They are unintentionally. They're doing it because it's incredibly profitable. They spend a negligible amount on developing software that will basically encrypt all of your information and then hold it hostage. And they ransom it back to you. 
And the new twist on this is the additional threat is if you don't pay the ransom, not only will you lose that data, but they'll release it. So if you've got confidential information in there, if you've got social security numbers, bank routing information, things like that, they will threaten to release that publicly and make life even harder for you. So unfortunately, it's not just the big guys that get hit by this anymore. We certainly see the news stories and we've seen several recently, Colonial Pipeline, Kaseya, the meat production company. Um, there have been a lot of them and that's just very, very recently. Um, the problem is that it is just a game of numbers for the bad guys. So they are targeting everyone they can find to try and hit with this. And while they may not demand a $4 million ransom from somebody small, they are still gonna demand a ransom. And we have worked with folks who came to us specifically because the provider they were using uh, let them get hit by this kind of stuff. And they're gonna go under if they don't find some way to get that data recovered. Uh, and we've had to come to the rescue for folks in the pinch like that a few times now. So here's what people need to be aware of. Again, they don't care if you're not huge. What they care about is that you have data that's important to you. And as you and I have talked about for years and years and years now, it's easy to replace a computer. That's not the hard part. The most valuable thing I have on my technology is the data that I created. And that is what's irreplaceable. Right. So we've got to consider this a very real and very serious threat for all of us. So there's a handful of things to do. One is make sure you've got good antivirus on your computer. Make sure you've got some kind of protection on there. Two, make sure that your system is patched and up to date. If you're still running a Windows 7 or Windows 8 machine, if you're getting alerts that there are patches available for your computer, don't keep putting that off. Make sure you practice routine maintenance, keep your computer up to date. The third is always make sure that you have a backup that the ransomware can't get to. Let me tell you what I mean by that is. When we talk about doing a backup, a lot of people will go, well, that's fine. I'll go get an inexpensive hard drive at Costco or somewhere like that, plug it into my computer and Windows or my Mac will pop up and ask me if I want to back my stuff up and walk me through the process. The problem is this ransomware will not only encrypt what's on your computer, it will encrypt anything that's connected to your computer, oh, like an no. external hard drive. Oh, exactly. No. So the whole model kind of falls apart there. So the important thing to be mindful of is you've got to use something that is not connected directly to your computer. And whether that means you've got two external hard drives that you rotate, you know, maybe to your bank vault once every week or something, or you're using a cloud-based service. The two biggest ones out there right now are Carbonite and CrashPlan, both really good, both have their pros and cons. But again, if my local computer were to get encrypted, I'd be able to get a new computer, go to the cloud and pull my data back down. And, and if I'm using one of those remote services like Carbonite, we hear about that a lot, um, that operates automatically in the background. Is that correct? I don't really, once correct. it's set up, I'm out of it. Correct. Anytime you're connected to the internet, either one of those tools will operate in the background. And there are other ones out there if you don't love either of those. Uh, but the important thing is that the less you have to manually do something, the more likely you are to do it. <laughs> so right. it's kind of like if you could have an automatic toothbrusher. You wouldn't ever forget to brush your teeth if that just happened automatically without you having to do anything. Your dentist would love that. Um, but it does mean that those services are great because you're right. They do just run in the background all the time. Once you initially install it, get it set up, set up your payment for it, it just runs in the background anytime your computer is on and connected to the internet. There's nothing else you have to do. And that's an ideal way to do that so that you don't have to remember to plug something in or click a button or do something.
So, uh, so even, those... even though carbonite, let's say you uh, end the day at six o'clock and just leave your computer on all night, it'll do a backup to of whatever it thinks needs has been changed. But exactly. That is not at risk of um, some a, a bad actor coming in and corrupting. Is that right? Not directly. And, and what would happen is that those systems are set up so that they're trying to prevent anything that has gotten hacked from getting up there. If not, they can do what's called a point in time restore. We can say, well, all right, I got my computer encrypted today. I'm going to restore my backup from Tuesday. And I at lose at, at, lose at most than a day's worth of work. Certainly wow. a whole lot better to lose a day's worth of work than it is to Boy, risk a lifetime of work. You're not kidding. As I'm getting older, <laughs> it's more and more important. So, anyway, well, this is, uh, I saw somebody had a, a sticker that they had come up with to put on their employees' uh, uh, bridge where their monitor was, and it yeah. said, um, think before you click that link. And I somehow you have impressed in me, don't click a link if you don't know where if you weren't expecting it, and you don't yes. know who this is, and it, you don't know where it's coming from, just don't click it. And a uh, healthy Mar sense Mar of Margie skepticism on the internet. Is a yeah, good thing. well, Margie <laughs> has threatened to divorce me when I have not clicked things she wanted me to click. But at least I'm safe. You know, uh, is that it's a honeydew list for Margie. You should open it. You can't use me as an excuse. You're right. But you're otherwise, right. Okay. yes. Well, you're just afraid I'm <laughs> going to blame safe. you. And <laughs> you've seen her when she gets a little angry. So, um, what is are, are these people? Are they like masters of crafting these offers that make it sound so good that people say, "Oh, well, I'll just click this." Um, I mean, how do they fool people? So you're right. It is uh, there's a, a very specific psychological study to this, uh, and it's called social engineering. And what they're trying to do is frequently you'll if you go back kind of with a cool head and you read some of the stuff, they create what's called an artificial sense of urgency. Hey, if you don't click this link, this important document that could make you a million dollars is going to go away in eight hours. Or if you don't click this link, these important emails that you're waiting on will be deleted in you know two hours. They are creating this artificial sense of urgency. They're trying to make it look like a legitimate source that you trust. And the early pioneering version of this was they just picked the largest bank. So Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and they'd send out these blanket emails. Well, they're certainly not going to hit everybody who's a Citibank customer or Bank of America customer. They're just playing the numbers. They figure, well, there's you know millions of them out there. If I just send out these messages to millions and millions of people, some percentage of that, 10%, 15%, are going to either have an account with that bank or with that online service like Office 365 or with Google. Like, yeah, I have received things from, we, we bank with, uh, it's now Wells Fargo, and I think they get the logo on it, it yep. and it looks like Wells Fargo dot maybe XYZ or something. Yep. And, and I'm thinking, wow, well, this must be from maybe their trust department or something. Right. And I've almost done it myself, but... I think you've trained me well. So is there another way in addition to to just being ever vigilant? Is there anything else that we can do as small business people to protect ourselves? 
So there are a lot of good tools out there. A lot of them are dependent on you owning your own email domain. So if you're using something that is at yahoo.com or at gmail.com or at outlook.com, there aren't gonna be as many third-party options available. But there are, for those folks who do own their own domains out there, lots of uh, options. I can't turn my phone off, excuse me. <laughs> bam, bam. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll cut that out. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> okay. So basically, so there are a lot of good options out there if you own your own domain where you can route mail through third-party systems that are looking for suspicious emails or things that are doing what's called typo squatting, where it is Wells Fargo, but with an extra E on the end or an X somewhere in the middle. They're looking for those kinds of behaviors. They're using really impressive artificial intelligence to try and spot those things that they're trying to sneak past human eyes and trying to stop those from ever getting to you. And those are well worth it. We use a, a tool from a company called Barracuda uh, that does a great job at this. Now, nothing's perfect. Again, a good healthy sense of skepticism and guarded uh, caution are really still your best tools to use good human intelligence to stop, particularly when it's something that seems like it's trying to prompt an urgent response uh, and taking a minute and just double checking that everything is legitimate. And ultimately, if you, for example, get an email from Wells Fargo that says, you know, this is an urgent link, click on this and view it immediately. Don't do that. Open up a browser, type in for yourself, wellsfargo.com, log into your account. If that message is important, it'll be there too. You'll get some kind of an alert in the communication on the website. That way you remove that email and any links it may have from the risk pool. Tyler Jones, as always, great advice uh, for our digital world from Carmichael Consulting. Um, your name, phone, and website are displaying on the screen right now. Tell us about who your company serves, because I know Carmichael Consulting has grown um, dramatically. You guys are, are really uh, taking on new business. Who do you serve? So we typically serve businesses of 10 or more employees, up to about 200 employees is where we do most of our business. We work with folks across all sorts of industries, though, uh, primarily professional organizations, so real estate, legal, medical, and financial. Uh, but anytime somebody needs assistance, even if we're not a good fit, we're always happy to refer them off to somebody that we trust to take care of them, no matter what their size is, no matter what the need. Fantastic. All right, Tyler, thanks a million. We'd love to have you come back sometime. Um, love to I do promise it. if you send me an email and it's not from your email address and you ask me to click something, forget <laughs> it. I'm not going to do it, buddy. Good answer. God. Good answer. God bless. Thanks so much. and look forward thanks, to seeing John. you soon. Bye now. Take care. And I lied to you. I said that, um, by the way, this is, John Adams croaking through a Happy New Year special edition of the Real Estate Coffee Break. Um, let me um, real quick tell you how to get hold of Tyler Jones. If you are a small business and you um, think that your business could benefit from uh, his company, which is CarmichaelConsulting.net, I'm going to look up a phone. Real quick here, C-A-R-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. I'm getting there. I'm getting, hey, it's New Year's Day. Don't complain. Uh, the phone number I have is 678-719-9761. You know, I'm supposed to be able to do a whiteboard. 
on this. Does anybody know how to do that? Does that annotate? Is that what that is? Let's see. Text. All right, I'm going to try to put this here. Let's see what happens. Watch this. Six. I've never done this before. Six, seven, eight. Seven, one, nine. Nine, six, seven, one. Is that Look at that. Can you guys see that? Cool. How cool is that? So what happens if I do this? Huh. That doesn't seem to do much. All right. Well, anyway, there's the phone number. Um, we have one more segment that I want to play for you, and then we'll be done for today. Uh, my friend, Kerry Cook, was kind enough to let me know that he had had a success story, and he was willing to share it with us. Now I don't know what to do with this. Uh-oh, I've messed up now. How do you de-annotate? I've had it. I'm, I'm in big trouble. Ah, there we go. Uh-oh, this is here permanently now. Well, anyway, my friend Kerry Cook is a fellow investor. Kerry and I met in 2005, I think, and he has had a success story in real estate investing that he is willing to share with us. And I've taken the liberty of replaying this because I think his um, he, he's going to tell you what he found important in his real estate journey. Kerry has done very well. Um, and I'm so proud of him. And I'm particularly proud that he is willing to share with you what he has learned as someone who has was not full-time in the real estate business. Um, I can't get rid of this thing. Today, our very special anyway, guest watch is this. Carrie Cook, who has been a friend of mine since, I think, 2005, um, when you attended Real Estate Investors Institute. Um, That's right. And um, I have come to find out... Now, after all these years, one, I know you're a successful investor. Um, River Ridge Properties has done pretty well, uh, and you're in Peachtree City, which is a process. Excuse me. I don't know what in the world is going on. We're having a real buffering problem. Um I've got a one gigabyte connection, so I don't think it's on my end. Um, but hopefully, while you and I are talking right now, uh, I'm going to let uh, this is YouTube, and hopefully YouTube will get caught up and maybe get ahead of itself a little bit. So I don't know. Maybe I'm using up too much bandwidth. That I don't think that can be the case. We'll see what happens. Let's try again. area. Um, yes, but tell me, 
I just found out that you and I have something else in common, and it's that we both spent some time in the scouting movement. And I just wondered if you agreed with me that my time in scouting was helpful to me in, in um, I guess, getting ready or I hate to say being prepared. That's the scout motto, be prepared. <laughs> right. But, yeah. you know, in, in real estate investing and in property management, we do have to be prepared um, because we get some crazy curveballs thrown at us. Carrie, right. share with the folks listening and watching right now. Uh, first, what do you remember about being a Boy Scout? And that's been more than a couple of years ago, hadn't it? Well, I think it's about five, uh, not, <laughs> not, not too long. Today, our very special guest is Carrie Cook. It's about five, uh, not 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 too long ago. You and me both. Okay, okay. right. Uh, it was just uh, such a great experience, and I think one thing that struck me was the uh, you know Boy Scout honor and everything. Uh, it just gave me great values, and it gave me, I think, a lot of confidence. And you know, just things like being in nature and things like that, you know, were very uplifting to me. But there was a lot of discipline. You know, we went to Boy Scout camps. Uh, you know, we we listened to our scout leader, he, and he taught us a lot. So I think all of that contributed to me, I think, for being, if you use the word pardon, the use of the word ambitious. <laughs> but it, it did make me have thoughts about, you know, I want to be successful. And I really appreciated someone taking the time and mentoring me uh, like the Scoutmaster did. But it, it just, I think, grounded me, if that's the word, and gave me a lot of confidence uh, in my life. I, I, you know, couldn't agree more. I um, look back um, at my time and, you know, wh how old are we then? About 10 to 15. I remember yeah. the oldest kids were 16, I think. Um, right. and, and when I hit 16, I had not achieved the Eagle Scout rank and I became more interested in car fumes and girls perfumes than I did about spending the night with little boys out on camp somewhere. Right. Uh, right. But I had promised my mother that I would get the Eagle Scout award if I possibly could. And she said, you promised it and you're going to keep that promise. So right. I, also had determination there. You know, you've heard you've heard me on this program. Uh, I always say that one of the things I think I'm proud of is that I am trustworthy, and mm -hmm. and it's to me that means not misleading people, not um, promising them things that you don't intend to or can't deliver to them. Is there an application there as a real estate investor? I think so. Uh, one thing, this real estate investor, I'm not sure if you know him, David Tilney. Yeah, sure. Right. Property management is, is his uh, specialty, if you would. But I think being in the Scouts, too, uh, and, and I, I feel empathy and, you know, in dealing with my tenants, uh, and he shared this with me, treat tenants as though you're employees. You know, they're working for you and you treat them with respect. And I have tried my best to apply that because I think it works the best way. I don't want to have relationships with tenants where 
I'm the bad landlord. Uh, I want to be respected. I'm going to do everything to make a tenant's uh, house and life as, as good as possible. I want them to live in a comfortable house that's well maintained. So I well, think that. Uh, let me let me jump in. I took the liberty of visiting your web page, and I was blown away by the testimonials that you have gathered from past tenants. How in the world mm -hmm. do you get them to say such nice things about you? <laughs> well, I I have to be a great landlord. <laughs> no, well, I, I I was just going to say. Just, obviously, you are. Um, David Tilney, I think, was a recent speaker at uh, Georgia Rhea, and I'm sorry I missed mm -hmm. him because I know of him and I've heard good things about him. If you had one recommendation, if somebody called you and said, hey, Carrie, I am interested in learning about uh, real estate investing, and, and they said, I have two questions. One, is this something that I could or should be doing right now? And number two, what would be the most important piece of advice that you could give me? And I'm, I know I'm just throwing these at you um, out of the blue, but um, talk to the folks okay. out there. Somebody listening right now, Carrie, is saying, wow, I don't know that I could ever find my way into owning uh, residential real estate and then offering it as a property manager to other people. What would you tell them? Uh, I would say it's a good time or it's good to get into the business. You know, the market is really high now and it'd be tougher to find a, a good bargain, but they're, they're still out there. And, and one thing, uh, John Schaub, and of course you, you know, give me a, a ton of education too. Uh, John Schaub, uh, says, go out there and knock on doors and talk to people. Uh, so, you know, if you go out, uh, you can talk to banks, you know, there's foreclosures, you know, they're, they're still happening out there. But I would say, yes, uh, get into the business. But at the same time, go to classes, get educated through you. And I, again, John Schaub, David Tilney, those so you can learn the business. It's like going to college and getting a four-year degree. You can't just go out there and get you a lease out of some book or off some website. Um, but I, I do think uh, getting into the business is a great idea. To me, it, it changed, I think, my outlook on life, number one, when I got into the business uh, about 17 years ago. Um, and I created kind of a new Carrie Cook. Uh, and learned a lot and have really enjoyed it. There's been a lot of challenges, especially in, in the beginning, um, but you learn. And the thing to do is to go and take courses, uh, listen, you know, participate in your coffee break uh, that you have on Saturday. Um, so yes, I, I would advise getting in the business. The stock market may go up and down, but usually rents are fairly stable. And in Atlanta, like you mentioned other night, the Wednesday night meeting, rents are going up and home values are going up. So it's it's a good time. It's a little difficult, uh, like I said, about buying and getting a, a good going into the deal uh, dis discount. But I still say uh, get, it's, it's a good business to get into. It served me well. I started out doing it part time. I retired and now I manage all of my properties and been manage them by managing them by myself since I got into the business. Fantastic. Um, you know, I, I love that you mentioned our mutual friend, John Schaub, 
who, by the way, I'm in contact with trying to get him to come to Atlanta. He's, mm -hmm. uh, as, as you know, uh, uh, in Florida and sometimes reluctant to leave, but I'm a, right. I think I can get him up here anyway, again, but, um, he always said the best time to buy real estate was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. And, yeah. And that has always been an inspiration for me. You know, there's no such thing as a last house. And as you point out, there are opportunities out there. Well, Carrie Cook, I just want to say thank you. You're a great American. I appreciate uh, <clears throat> your Boy Scout experience. <clears throat> I appreciate your um, contribution to uh, the real estate coffee break today. There's somebody listening, somebody watching right now who's saying, wow, that helped me um, make some decisions that are potentially going to be life changing. And that happened to me 40 years ago. <laughs> and, right. and now you have become part of passing that on uh, maybe to a new generation of investors. So Carrie, yeah. thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, John. I've enjoyed participating and I'll be glad to talk to any prospective real estate investors too. Well, I was just going to say, I, I appreciate, you know, you getting me into the business, helping me. And uh, I met John Schaub at one of your seminars. Oh, did you? <laughs> that's, okay. That's how I met him. But uh, again, uh, it's been a great business. I've learned a lot about tenants. And one thing that John Schaub told me too, is uh, you need to teach your tenants or they'll teach you. <laughs> I love that. That now, was see, another one. <laughs> that's that line. I'm going to adopt that and then later claim that I invented that. Okay. So, <laughs> why not? All right, Carrie, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Carrie, right. thank you for this so much. I appreciate it. And thank you, John. Uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. Okay. Very good. Take care. By, uh, by the way, two. Two. <laughs> I read. I read that and laughed out loud. I hadn't thought about that in I'll bet 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Great, right. great thing. It was. See y'all a little later. Thanks now. Oh, okay. Take care. Bye-bye. What a joy it was for me to interview Carrie Cook, who uh, is another success story and uh, a, a great American um, who was willing to share his insight on investing in real estate. And I have to share with you, and we're about out of time. I have to share with you that I feel like a midget standing on the shoulder of giants. Um, I, there are people that shared with me and continue to share over the years and I continue learning. And that's why we do real estate coffee break. If any of you listening today would be willing to talk with me and share with me your story. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I don't know how to get rid of this phone number here. Uh, <laughs> it's there permanently. This is Tyler Jones. So don't call that number unless you want Tyler Jones. But um, nonetheless, if you are inclined, go to um, realestatecoffeebreak.com click on contact and send me a little note and tell me that you would be willing to talk with me about your experience in real estate and share it with other people, because that's how we all learn. And uh, it's a, a joy to me 
uh, to hear from you guys directly. Well, guess what, folks? We have just about run Today, out of time. Today, our very special Whoop. guest. Can't, can't do that. And I still can't get rid of Tyler's phone number. Boy, once it's on here, it's on here. Um, what we're going to do right now is go to this page, and I'm going to say, folks, Happy New Year's. And that's the 3 Mark Four. The John Adams Radio Show. And on behalf of my evil twin, <laughs> Ian Robbins, who uh, got the day off, this is John Adams reminding you that your financial future is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. Make your choice a good one. That didn't work. Wait a minute. We're getting there. So long, everybody.